because of the opioid epidemic, I expect we can we can develop that market even further to up towards a, a, a billion a year because uh, our products provide great pain relief without side effects. Because when I was like 13, 14, eventually uh, I bought a guitar because I also wanted to be cool at school. I would say the biggest problem for me was coming from Denmark uh, was immigration. In 2004, I was in deportation right after the taking the company public. Welcome to the Proco 360 podcast. I'm Dave Tabor hosting Proco 360 because I love getting to know Colorado's entrepreneurs and leaders and sharing my conversations with them with you. My guests are unique and special. They've figured out how to build very successful businesses while being collaborative, enjoying all that Colorado has to offer, and doing that with other talented people who share their values. This episode of the Proco 360 podcast is with Thomas Sandgard, Chairman, President, and CEO of Zynex Medical, a Colorado-based public company. Thomas started Zynex in 1996 to invent, design, and manufacture products that improve the quality of life for patients suffering from debilitating pain or disability. And recently, Thomas, an accomplished guitarist who played in many rock bands in his early life, has branched out further by purchasing a UK football team. We'll be discussing the development of Zynex, developing products that treat medical conditions with alternative approaches and getting them cleared by the FDA. And finally, how Thomas, still chairman and CEO, has added more personal dimensions to an already busy professional life, including owning that UK soccer team. So, Thomas, glad you could join me via Zoom as a guest on Proco360. Yeah, Dave. Glad to be here. So, let's start with your, your overview of Zynex. Yes, uh, Zynex is a medical device manufacturer right here in Lone Tree, Colorado. And uh, we make devices that are used for pain management, uh, monitors for hospitals, devices that are used to uh, for stroke survivors to regain mobility and, and also some for incontinence treatment. As you mentioned, we've been around since 1996. Uh, we have 800 employees, 300 of them here in the main office in Colorado and the rest across the country. What was the first problem? I mean, when you started Zynex, what was the first problem you wanted to solve? Right. <clears throat> Sometimes you don't start a company exactly in that order. Um, it was more the other way around that I, um, I got an opportunity. I was in Europe at that point in time and got an opportunity to import medical devices to North America. And I took a chance um, and, um, and basically moved to the United States and started an import of uh, those medical devices and have slowly bootstrapped the company from there. And eventually you get into the mode of, well, if there's a need here, maybe we can develop some products that can, that can solve that need. Uh, it was much more, here's a business opportunity in, in, in the beginning, and let's see how we can, um, or I could, I could build a business out of that. Interesting, because I, I had the impression that Zynex was created by you with sort of starting with an invention. In fact, it was started by importing products that currently existed to distribute in the U.S., uh, that's right. Two years later, um, my um, relationship with my main supplier or manufacturer uh, soured a little bit. So 
I ended up finding some engineers north of Denver that had just been terminated from one of our competitors and therefore uh, were very eager to, to help me develop uh, my first product, a version of which we are we're still selling today and by far best bestseller, a product called the Next Wave that's used for pain management. Well, and your background is you've got a degree in engineering, right? And and you've been working in medical device companies for a long time. So, I mean, as you think about starting Zynex, would you advise other entrepreneurs when they start a company to start with something they already know? Uh, yeah, that I definitely would. No, no matter what company you start, whether it's a consulting business or any other type of, of business you're starting, um, start with a business where you have existing an existing network people you can turn to that are somewhat likely to give you business and give you the benefit of the doubt um that wasn't exactly how i started uh-huh. uh, i i literally sat there in a one bedroom up in boulder 24 years ago and um sat sat there on the floor with a notebook computer and <laughs> and, and um and okay i got to start doing some business now and start finding some customers around the country that might uh, want to to wholesale or, or distribute these products. Um, so if you already have a network, um, that that makes that can make a big difference. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like uh, a lot of entrepreneurs, startup entrepreneurs and such, have a great idea, but it's unrelated to anything in their background. How far back does that set them? I mean, compared to you, you've already you've already got contacts, you've already got product access, and everything else. It. it it sounds like you're advising that you're going to have a way smoother path if you already sort of are in the flow of that industry. Yeah, and I think it's it's very common. For instance, if if you're a lawyer working for a, a big law firm and you want to break out e- either with a, a small partnership with a few other attorneys or you f- for yourself, uh, it, it's not uncommon that they uh, they bring the existing customer base uh, with yeah. them. Yeah, and, and get that, that running start. Most, uh, obvious example, and then there various, various degrees. Sure. So, what was the the very first product you developed from scratch at Zynex? That was a uh, pain management product that was uh, had a type of stimulation, and that was in 1998, um, out of desperation, basically, <laughs> a pain management product where the electrical stimulation. Uh, is able to go much deeper than, than traditional devices on the market. A product that's much more effective than, than anything else out there and is really well covered by all insurances throughout the United States. So when you when you think about that, like what was the brainchild of that? Thinking, hey, I, I mean, where did what was it? Like what made gave you that idea? Um, obviously, I could see that there was beginning to be a demand for that particular technology. There was a few companies that made something similar um, that I felt, hey, I can do a much more user-friendly, more effective version of that same thing. So it wasn't like it's I, uh, that, that you I invented something that that was totally unknown already. It, it was more of a you call it very significant improvement on an already existing solution. Um, yeah, that's kind of interesting too, Thomas, because a lot of times we see products out there and whoever was first isn't, you know, there's always this race to be first with the, the idea that whoever's first wins, but that's not, that's not, that's not how it goes. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it almost seems like sometimes it's better to see a conceptual idea that, you know, you can make work way, way better. Right. And many times you see these great ideas, even in the space that, that we are in, uh, that, that really sounds like this is going to be great technology. It's going to help a lot of people. 
but there might be other obstacles. There might be, it, it might conflict with the way physicians uh, write prescriptions, for instance, or there might not ever, you can tell already, be good insurance reimbursement for it. So no matter how great the idea is, that's definitely my principle. Stay away from it. There's so many other things you can do. Yeah. So you were you decided to invent a new, better way to uh, to reduce pain using using stimulation in that way. But I mean, how many failed versions did you have to create before you found one that could actually get on the market? Well, I was very, normally that's the case. I was very fortunate. This one was a hit right away. Yeah, but I mean, when you look at the first product you came out with for pain management, and then you look at the version that you've, you know, you've you must have leapt ahead several versions now uh, to 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 twenty twenty. How much better is today's version than the original version at solving that problem? I would say it is actually not any better. Already back then, it was by far the best product in the industry. It still is today. This is Proco 360, named Best Denver Podcast, three years running. I'm your host, Dave Tabor. And this, of course, is the show featuring entrepreneurs who could be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. I'm speaking with Thomas Sandgard of Zynex Medical. Thanks to our sponsors, Community Banks of Colorado, the law firm of Holland and Hart, Kinsley Meetings, MicroStar Keg Logistics, and Via Technologies. These great companies support Colorado businesses and entrepreneurs, and they support this show. Also, thanks to the Colorado Chamber of Commerce, for its support for me and Proco 360. So maybe I'm getting the wrong feel, Thomas, because it seems like starting Zynex was actually not that difficult. You already had connections. You already had a product flow. The first product you invented worked. I mean, what am I missing here? Was it that easy? Well, I didn't already have connections, but yeah, it was just, well, what, what was not so easy, uh, medical device companies uh, like, like Zynex, uh, today, I usually built with a lot of money uh, beforehand, meaning uh, early investors or, or venture capital, etc. All I had was two thousand dollars on a credit card, and that makes <laughs> it hard to uh, to pay the bills. But I'd, I'd say I eventually broke through all those barriers just simply by being stubborn, and eventually built what is, today is a great company um, that is is growing growing tremendously. Well, you, yeah, you so talk about the, breaking the, through. The biggest, I would say the biggest problem for me was coming from Denmark uh, was immigration. In 2004, I was in deportation right after we had taken, taken the company public. Um, and, and and literally after two, two de- denied green card applications, and I even had problems also becoming um, a citizen. So that didn't happen until uh, two years ago. Wow. Well, so, so, so here's relative to that. Oh, <laughs> so here's the CEO of a public company facing deportation. That's yep. kind of wild. That's right. Yeah. Oh, wow. So now, uh, you know, as you create new products and you've created a lot of them, there, there are two, you, in a medical device company, you've got really two hurdles. One is FDA clearance. And the other is this notion of sort of believability because your products are alternatives to traditional medicine. They're not pharmacy. They're not pharmacological. They're not typical treatments They're So talk about both of those hurdles as a, as a fast growing company. Well, I think I've been very successful dealing with the FDA over the years and, and getting many, many products through uh, more than a dozen products through the FDA, but taking a very um, pragmatic approach or picking up the phone, and, and literally just talking uh, to to the reviewers as at, at the FDA and finding out what what changes to a user's manual they like to see 
uh, rather than the minute they get difficult sending a law firm after them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, has, that has gone a long way and, and got us through the FDA and, and, and mo- for most products, pretty, pretty fast order. Um, what about and, that and believability, you know, that believability hurdle that, you know, does this thing really work? Yeah. See, we've had the benefit of an industry on the pain management products with electrical stimulation for pain management. We have the benefit of that industry having been really well developed over the past four decades by some very large companies in, in this industry uh, to the tune of an annual revenue in the market of, of five to six hundred million dollars a, a year. And um, so therefore, uh, physicians are used to prescribing it throughout the entire country. Also, all insurance companies pay for it and they pay pretty well for it. And uh, on top of that, we've been fortunate here just recently that uh, those comp- uh, competitors have pretty much disappeared. One has disappeared from the map for compliance reasons. The other one has changed the business model so that they're just a few few million dollars in annual annual revenue. And that means we have that entire market for ourselves. So our sales reps, we have 500 of them. They're literally just walking into doctor's offices and asking for the doctors to continue to write those prescriptions, but send them to us instead of, yeah, they, they really don't have anywhere else they could, wow. could send. Huh. If we're not enough, we can develop, because of the opioid epidemic, I expect we can we can develop that market even further to up towards a, a, a billion a year because uh, our products provide great pain relief without side effects. So do they... You know, and I know your your products are more for chronic pain than for like post surgical pain. Is that is that ac- accurate? No, it can use it can be used oh, it for can. both. And, well. and is it fair to say? Would you say that uh, a Zynex product to manage pain is going to be as effective as an opioid? Um, it is to the uh, up to the level of what Vicodin and Percocet can do for you. It's not as aggressive as uh, oxycodone or even worse, yeah. uh, morphine. Mm-hmm. Um, so that gives you an idea. So it's it's what we can consider prescription strength. Wow, the um, you know I'm thinking to myself. I've had some times when I've actually been prescribed some of those drugs you mentioned, and and uh, I I think it'd be great to try your product instead. So uh, I'm not looking forward to that opportunity, but I I uh, will keep it in mind. The yeah, give me a call. Yeah, I'll give you a call when I'm in pain. Uh, Not many public companies still have their founders 24 years later. So you've stayed for the whole journey. What about you makes that work? Well, obviously, uh, stubbornness um, goes (laughs) a long way. And I would say there's there's been plenty of opportunities along along the way uh, for me to, uh, to... to add investment money into the company, especially since we went uh, public in uh, in 04. Um, but it, that were, was always at terms where I wouldn't really make much out of it. So I basically kept kept it tight. Um, sometimes I, I couldn't put food on the table uh, in order to pay payroll on time. But I'd say, hey, in hindsight, it was worth it going through the, all the rough times we've had two years ago. We eventually got listed on a, on a better exchange they're called NASDAQ. And with that came so much more liquidity in the daily trading that it's been possible for me to, to sell a few percent of my shares. Um, I still own approximately 50% of the company. Hmm. 
well, and been able to, to cash out. If, if I were to have uh, either left the company or, or tried to, at some, to some degree, cash out earlier, it wouldn't have provided me a whole lot of money. That's, that's just how that being publicly traded works. Um, and, and was that part of your motivation? Was, was that part of your motivation to stay involved with the company that long? Uh, because, you know, uh, I would have thought a lot of CEOs the at the first instant of going public would have tried to take some money off the table. And Yeah, that, that wasn't really an option. Certainly not at at a level where it was, was meaningful. Mm -hmm. uh, so now the company has a market cap in the ballpark of, of half a billion. Mm -hmm. And I expect the next two years, because we continue to grow and are very profitable, uh, continue to grow. Um, probably more than double year over year, and we'll do that for several years. Uh, so the valuation is going to go up dramatically as a result of that. Well, and how, you know, as you've been there 24 years now, and now you don't have to worry about putting food on the table to make payroll. Uh, how has your leadership approach changed as you run the company? Well, yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of a long story because I, I, my career started in Europe. And, and Denmark uh, for the most. And obviously, um, there is a, a business culture there of, of being very collaborative and, and it's not very uh, authoritarian. So my, uh, my style from, from Europe, very large organizations in Europe. I, I was the worst possible uh, startup entrepreneur because I only worked for very large companies. But that was, mm -hmm. that was a very collaborative um, uh, fashion. So suddenly it was just me. So you, you get that cell shock. Uh, then you, after a few years and having found out how to survive that uh, by eating Pop-Tarts instead of um, maybe more fancy food, then eventually you start hiring a, a part-time employee after a few years and then a few full-time employees, etc. And naturally, I remember maybe being a little more yeah, let's uh, let's have consensus before we do it. There's a, in the U.S. I'm finding there's a, a tradition for a more more authoritarian uh, uh, leadership style, and people tend to respond better to that. And when we got uh, in 2012, we got up to probably 300 employees. Uh, it um, he, he you could say that it nearly ran away from me before I, I had to really scale back on the business. Uh, I was not. Close, closely connected enough uh, to to the various part of the business, and and kind of regroup from there. And uh, the last five or six years, um, it's been a lot better. It's been a little more. It's my way or the highway, huh. uh, but it's. Um, I, I must say, it it it, it has worked. So and, you're uh, still. Are you still collaborative at sometimes? But now you, it sounds like sometimes you're more decisive than you were in the past. Uh, are you still collaborative at times yeah, as well? I'm still, probably still more collaborative than um, yeah. than most American business leaders. Yeah. Mm. You're listening to Proco 360. I'm your host, Dave Tabor, and this is the show featuring entrepreneurs who could be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. I'm speaking with Thomas Sangard, Chairman, President, and CEO of Zynex Medical. Go to Proco360.com to subscribe to the newsletter, read my blog, and catch the books I'm listening to on Audible. And don't forget to rate Proco360 in your app when you finish this episode. So uh, you've done a nice job painting the picture of Zynex and sort of the evolution of the company. And it seems 
uh, Thomas, that you've recently started to sort of broaden your focus. You've got Sangard Capital, which invests in other ventures, including a recent recent, uh, purchase of the Charlton Athletic Football Club. Uh, You've got the Sangard Foundation, which addresses the opioid epidemic. And you're an accomplished guitarist. And I I know that's a passion from your your old days. We're going to come back to that in a little bit. But starting with Sangard Capital and the the, uh, Charlton Athletic Football Club, and what do you what do you get your hands in? Yeah, all of these things are a function of two things. One is that I've been able to build an executive leadership team at Cyanix. That means I can pull back and and spend less time. I probably spend two days a week uh, working at Cyanix uh, these days. And obviously, uh, as I mentioned earlier, being listed on a um, on a better stock exchange and therefore with the improved liquidity has done a lot for me in terms of my, my personal financial situation. So it's given me the ability to to start uh, the, the the private equity, uh, Sandgard Capital, uh, by the uh, the football club in London, Charlton Athletic, as well as starting my uh, foundation to uh, to help work with the opioid epidemic outside of what what Sinex does. One of the things we do with the foundation is we're funding uh, Naloxone project uh, here in, in, in Colorado that's, that's uh, quickly expanding where we provide uh, Naloxone in the front lines and literally save, save lives on a, on a daily, daily basis. Well, I'm, uh, I, I'm really intrigued about the idea of a CEO, particularly of a public company that has a persona that's broader than just their business. I mean, the photo that I've seen of you is with a guitar and the Charlton team flag around your neck. And, you know, basically what that says is out loud, it says, I care about more than Zynex. I mean, isn't that kind of risky for a public company CEO? No, 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 I don't think so. Uh, First and foremost, uh, I think uh, Wall Street cares mostly about uh, our good financial performance and, um, and making sure I have a strong executive leadership team in place uh, so that uh, I become, uh, me as an individual, become, become less uh, relevant uh, and, and the company less dependent on, on me as long as I make sure that we, we move in the right direction strategically yeah. and, 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 and uh, we have good people that can, can execute that. But I would think, you know, analysts, you know, are on the calls and they think, you know, this isn't amusing to see a CEO, you know, focused on a on a football team or playing guitar. I mean, should they don't they want you just like focused on profits? Yes, and I, so so our our financial performance, our growth as well as, well as our profitability here for for the past many years has been to the degree that no one can really argue. <laughs> they should uh, expect to see anything better. So uh, so far, so good. And of course, I'm, I'm just a few miles away. Should I need to be uh, be here a little more? I don't think <laughs> yeah. that'll be necessary. Uh, the business is is moving in a direction right now where it'll it'll take care of itself. And um, with with some other invention I've I've, I've done um, multiple inventions. Uh, there's there's more diversification coming too. So that would probably be the only thing that people could could argue that we're not diverse enough. But that's mm-hmm. That's already set in motion as well. So yeah, that's I don't think great. there's a whole lot to complain about that. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, you know, keeping focus on the theme of the Proco 360 podcast, world-class entrepreneurs who choose Colorado. How do you feel being in Colorado has played a role for Zynex? 
obviously, um, it has um, it hasn't always been easy because up up until just a few months ago, uh, we were in a situation here in Colorado where we had nearly full employment. So finding good quality employees uh, for the company has really been a, a problem and something we have we focused on on making sure that we are a uh, a premier employer here in Colorado. One of the things we've done basically said um, uh, I know Amazon has a $15 minimum uh, an hour um, wage and we basically set the bar a little higher. Uh, any job here at Sinex starts at, at, at a minimum of $20 an hour. Wow. So we've wow. To do quite a few yeah. things uh, other than being a company that uh, that people like working for and they believe in 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 our our mission, etc. Um, we, we've had to also literally um, monetarily make sure that we we, we get the awareness of, of potential employees. So I'd say Colorado is a fantastic place to be. It's, people, are, it, it's a nice place uh, compared to maybe the East Coast, etc. Et the, the the climate, the nature is is fantastic here. Quality of life is good here. Uh, but it's it's been hard to attract uh, quality employees. It got a little easier during the beginning of COVID. Yeah. Uh, but it's still not easy. We we hire sixty new sales reps every month, hmm. and we hire twenty to thirty employees here for the main office every month. So it's um, we've we've had to be very creative on that. Hmm. Well, can you think of an example of something you've done that's particularly creative to attract those talent? We have made a lot out of making sure everybody is on board with the mission and and literally feeling the same purpose as the business overall, the purpose for what we do. We help patients in pain with the best possible uh, quality products and the best possible service. So so one of the things we do is make sure that patients get a good experience. Mm. And so therefore we, we obviously get good reviews and all that, but we make sure that there's no phone tree in our call center. It's not farmed out to India or the Philippines. No, we have an overstaffed call center. So every call we get, and we get more, way more than 500 calls a day. Mm. Uh, every call is answered in less than 30 seconds by a, a qualified person that really knows about our business. Wow, and, that says uh, a lot. That says a lot. I, uh, yeah. And that we go the extra mile in to make sure that we take care of the patient. Employees feel that. They feel good about it. And it gets out in the community, and that's that's one of the things we've done. So you could say it's a little indirectly, uh, but I'm I'm sure it pays off. I I think you know that indirect sort of organic approach I think has longer life, uh, more stickiness than uh, quick promotions or anything else. So congrats on that. Okay, I got to shift gears hard before we're done. And that mm-hmm. is that you've described yourself, Thomas, as a rock star entrepreneur. You are a guitarist, and I see the guitar behind you. So give us a sample. Okay, hold on. Let me right. grab my guitar over here. <laughs> All right. Turn around so you can see it too. Hey, that's a funky looking guitar, too. Yeah, it's a uh, Gibson Explorer. It's actually very easy to play. How's that? Yeah, I can hear it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you. That's a great sample. So tell what was your what was come on back to the table to the mic and uh, I want to ask you about that. I want to ask you about your uh, about your life in the seventies. That you weren't an entrepreneur then. 
Um, well, a little bit, because when I was like 13, 14, eventually uh, I bought a guitar because I also wanted to be cool uh, in at school and uh, joined a rock band. A few years later, I find myself playing in, in multiple bands and playing on some big stages around. So also started uh, working at and also setting up big concerts uh, myself um, and, and working with a lot of people. So I, I, I learned very early on to, uh, to work, to organize, work with a lot of sometimes very difficult people, built recordings, several recording studios from ground up and uh, just was involved everywhere in, in the music industry. Well, that, you know, if nothing else, and I'm sure it taught you a lot about the music industry itself, but that is an industry where if you don't work hard and you're not willing to do anything and everything, you cannot succeed. That's right. And you might not still make yeah. it. A lot of great, talented people uh, end up actually not making it. It's it's sad, but it's that's the entertainment industry for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, with the experience you have now, you know, what, what advice do you have for other entrepreneurs? I mean, you've, and, and, and business leaders, you've figured out, although it's taken you most of your life, you've gone from, as you just explained, sort of being a, a startup rock musician and, and uh, engineer to becoming an entrepreneur. And now you're back at this point in your life where you can do more things that you love to do outside of being a CEO. But I mean, for other CEOs, excuse me, other entrepreneurs looking to you, I mean, can do you have to stay focused on your business for some period of time before you can enjoy other pursuits and things like that, Thomas? That, that's right. It's always a a fine balance between working your tail off, uh, working twenty four seven, weekends, nights, et, et, et cetera, and also getting that breath of fresh air, uh, even if it's just take a walk around the building, just to. Ah, breathe, or if it's um, taking a, a long weekend to, some people call it, smell the roses. <laughs> um, it's a fine balance, and it, it, it's a balance you can only, um, you've you got to know yourself well. You've you got you to gotta know your body and, and your mind so well that you know when it's time to take a breather, to, to then take that step back and also do that smell test. Is what I'm doing right now really the right thing or should we take a slightly different path, et cetera? Sometimes you need that step back to be able to do it. Yeah. It, there's no, there's no pre-written prescriptions for that. But that balance changes over, over time, doesn't it? I mean, when you're a startup, it, 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 the balance is different, isn't it? Yeah, and, and the motivation is different. You, you, you work day by day. Then as your business develops then you get more into a working week by week. Then it's like months by month. And now we have annual plans for the next couple of years, et cetera. So you also have to be cognizant about that. One of the things that was hard for me with my personal background was to not have a five-year plan the minute I started on the, <laughs> on the floor up in Boulder, right? Uh, that was, uh, I mean, <laughs> those plans I wrote, they, they were totally meaningless. But I, I think I had to learn the hard way that uh, – you got to put food on the table today, else there's no tomorrow. Yeah, well, I think on that note, 
Let's wrap up, Thomas. I'm your host, Dave Tabor. And today on Proco 360, you've been listening to my conversation with Thomas Sandgard, Chairman, President, and CEO of Zynex Medical and returning rock star musician. Thomas, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate it. Hey, listeners, thanks for joining me on Proco 360, where we say live, work, love Colorado, because you and I and my guests can be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. You make the show successful by subscribing to the Proco 360 podcast and submitting a review. Thanks again to show sponsors, Community Banks of Colorado, Holland and Hart, Kinsley Meetings, Microstar Cake Logistics, Via Technologies, and the Colorado Chamber of Commerce. That's the show. Live, work, love Colorado.